0: 18 of dead cells we are going to talk about the skull man this is one that no one i knew had seen and wasn't mentioned much chris beveridge of the fandom post happened to review it the same week that i received my copy and he wasn't the biggest fan either so not a good sign the skull man is a 2007 anime from studio bones who you may know from the soul eater series or the widely celebrated full metal alchemist adaptation This one is also an adaptation of a 1970 manga by Shotaro Ishinomori which makes me wish I were into reading manga as I'd pursue his work. According to Wikipedia he was posthumously awarded a Guinness Book of World Records title for the most comics published by one author at over 128,000 pages. So before we get into the why and wherefore of this particular anime yeah it's been a long time so i figure i'm going to forgo any real news but the original akira animator died so that can't go without a mention and there's a new berserk coming with guts looking ultra tough in the artwork speaking of artwork and manga the vampire hunter d comic book looks pretty promising but i think i'll just keep it to what i want to watch instead of getting into any more awesome anime news The last Ajin demi human film in the first season is out, and I fall in for the series and looking forward to devouring all of this franchise. The second season of Ajin is coming up. Drifters, which is a gory looking sword and action anime, first mentioned to me by Chris of Bind Torture cast fame, as well as one I just noticed called Bloodivores. When an anime has a death metal band name like Bloodivore, I can't say no. So, yeah, The Skull Man shades of spawn when we first see the skull man in the opening sequence and if the same tone had persisted throughout this series i'd have been much happier the first few minutes set up with much promise and the first couple episodes aren't that bad the story takes off running with little character development and a lot of tell don't show but hey reporters photographers and crime i'm in kiriko is an annoying little scamp that latches onto reporter hayato mikogami moments after he disembarks the train at otomo Otomo City is his own hometown that he's returned to after seven years to track down a villainous urban legend known as the Skull Man. It seems as if the Skull Man is a vigilante of some sort. Alongside a pair of werebeasts, they're set on chasing vermin from the city. A planned city, no less, and it looks like it's modeled after Atlantis. No wonder there's a distinct occult, if not Middle Eastern mythology at play here. It's a planned ringed city, if you can picture that. The White Bell Society has a strong presence in Otomo as some kind of cult. It seems members have abandoned their families or religions for this hush-hush endeavor. Hayato is hot on their trail, however, since the mayor has been seen palling around with them. Detective Takahashi keeps showing up to keep an eye on Hayato as Kikiro creeps around the city playing one part crappy paparazzi and one part penny from Inspector Gadget. One thing I like about their quasi-brother-sister duo is that it is in no way incestuous. There's no fan service for those that dig that, and I usually do dig that, but in this case it would have just been way too cliche, so it's a refreshing change. There's even an obligatory interrupted in the shower scene and it ends with genuine rage and genuine embarrassment. I was amazed. We get to see a little more of the Skullman and his pets, some kind of were-dogs reminiscent of Anibus, and learn that Tatsuo Kagura is rumored to be the Skullman. Tatsuo was part of the founding family of Otomo City whose entire family was slaughtered. Very similar to V for Vendetta and many believe him to still be alive and avenging their deaths. And there is a lot of spawn v for vendetta sort of vibe to the Skullman character himself the macbeth theme through the first three episodes was nice the leading lady becomes some sort of witch and is slaughtered by the Skullman and his minions the importance of her morphing into a creature just to be killed off doesn't really hold much weight until the story wraps up but it sure is pretty and sort of a nice shock to have in the first three episodes you get to see a lot of creatures and different moods of the Skullman. Dr. Asami is the intellectual that Hayao is supposed to be investigating but seems in awe of. Suddenly his world is infused with Nietzsche and Wagner and near anarchist thought, an easy sell for a freelance journalist who is smitten with his quarry but it seems like a little too much subplot for my taste. Otomo Pharmaceutical Company, Brain Gear, Gajo Project, Nietzsche, Wagner, it's all a bit much that by episode six, my head was spinning a little. The base plot line is easy to follow. It's all these little breadcrumbs that confuse the trail. If they all just petered out instead of becoming part of the central plot, it might be easier to follow. Or if they didn't keep introducing new twists before you've even started to care about the last one, for example it turns out Hayato's dad worked for the Otomo company too and it's rumored that the founder of the White Bell was the owner of Otomo. Perhaps I fell victim to an info dump or the characters related to the subplots were interchangeable or not engaging. We'll never know. Kikiro's brother makes an appearance and while interesting on screen, it is so brief, then seems so inconsequential that it becomes kind of like wasted time. Next on Days of Our Lives, One Life to Live, and Young and the Restless, Jin was the brother of Kikuro, and in a roundabout way he tried to wipe out another White Bell Society member, and Skullman intervened and killed him in a round of Knifey Spoonie. Meanwhile, the detective following Hayato is hot for the waitress Nami, who is an old schoolmate of Hayato. The priest, Father Kaneki, seems to know more than he lets on but stays at arm's length, content to creepily play his massive organ alone in the cathedral at night. That sounds dirtier than it meant to be. Nami and Hayao to hang out, which is likely going to anger the cop because that's what a good soap opera does. Love triangles. It seems Maya's having bad dreams, no doubt due to her conflict being involved with the White Bell and the Christian children's home. Cults, Christians, and never the twain shall meet. It really is a soap opera when you get down to the nuts and bolts. Many anime are, especially harem anime, but there has to be something about the characters that is enchanting or the subplots not so forced fed as they feel to be here. Some of the really interesting stuff comes later in the series when we learn that the ancient Kagura village lies under the Otomo City Reservoir. During an archaeological dig, a relic was unearthed which stopped the dig while the army confiscated the artifact that's fascinating to me. The old detective pops up unexpectedly like he tends to do and tells him of a kitsune sama which may be the Kagura house submerged in the village. Kitsune, a fox spirit, can sometimes represent the entrance to the underworld and are known to possess humans. So this sigil or totem that exists underneath the city may be a hellmouth. It seems the were were atomo experiments run amok and perhaps the skull man is too. Nami is a weapons grade Katsune. If you'd think that my love of Katsune and having one in a story that I wrote would have me instantly in love with her but so far the cast of characters and storyline is so scattered and the monsters so brief that the payoff just isn't worth the wait. Mostly we shall see in episode 10 it seems the government really wants to use Hiyato as a foil but half the cops see through this as the skull man won't let him take the fall it sounds like so dramatic eh kakami seems to have clued in but we still have maya who has these dreams of the whole thing unfolding as well cirques of cyborgs are called in to clean up the lost numbers see it's just way too much the last numbers are basically what the weredogs are it's all experiments run amok none of this really comes to fruition till the very end and you have these cyborgs coming in to clean up these monsters that would have been a really cool premise shoved way into the beginning the Cirque cyborgs look pretty cool they're kind of clown-faced monsters but the clash of them and the weredog is like two things combined with disastrous results like ice cream and pizza or like cucumbers and tuna which doesn't taste good at all um tetsuro is the male dog and he's pretty cool it's too bad that he had to die not before attempting to divulge something to hayato telling him that to destroy evil you have to become the greater evil perfect power perfect body but it all falls apart without the perfect face doesn't it which in this case is a skull very fitting Well, fitting if you want to sit through this entire series, unfortunately, it's not entirely worth it. The first few episodes and the last couple episodes just aren't enough to maintain interest through the entire thing. The intro music, a song called City of Light, is a real mix match, evoking either a big city melting pot or confused genres. It reminded me of Samurai Champloo for some reason, another show I don't like. The incidental music is serviceable though. Drums and horns and jazz, light rock for the outro, just really typical of anime 10 to 15 years ago. It's not annoying by any means, but it doesn't stand out. The intro is instrumental for the most part, aside from half heard snippets overtaken by a saxophone of all things. It could be the saxophone that turns me off. The animation style reminds me of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Fullmetal Alchemist, of course, quite a bit, where the latter makes sense, with this coming from the same animation studio just a few years later. So yeah, not my favorite show, but only because it was all over the place. It could do with a remake, and I'd be the first in line, though I can't help but feel let down by the sprawling cast and the storyline that seems watered down by various subplots. Coming up next, we have a six-month hiatus, followed by uncertainty and poor internet connections, or Vampire Hunter D and and Ajahn Demi-Human. Catch up on horror film with Splatterpictures.net Dead Air Podcast, where I live online with my co-host, Wes, Dead Air Knight. Check out my other most favorite podcast in the planet, Bind Torture Cast, where I also hang out once in a rare while. Chris runs his show the way a show ought to be run, and he also likes the same sort of anime I do for the most part, so certainly check BTK out. I'm Typical Lydia, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, here on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and wherever you hang out online. <laughs>